Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. To empower you. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about gratitude. Yes, gratitude. And with that said, I want to give my heartfelt gratitude to those of you that have been following me all year long. This is the last show for this Monday for the end of the year. Can you believe that we have finally gotten to the last Monday of the end of 2021? And so this has been a terrific year full of ups and downs, but God has been very good to me as I believe God has been very good to you. And so I just want to shout out those of you that have been supporting me, listening to me all year long. Some of you have not missed a Monday. You take me with you on your drive into work. Some of you can't hear me on your drive into work, but you'll listen to me on your way home from work. Some of you at lunchtime, in between time. Some of you are listening all the time. But I am so grateful for your support and listening to me because without you, this show would not exist. And so I appreciate you so much. And I'm so grateful because the reality is, is that you don't have to listen at all. But the fact that you tune in every week, is such a tremendous blessing to me, and I'm looking for 2022 to be a powerful year and a year of manifestation and demonstration and all of those things that God has prepared for us because we love him so much. And so I just want to appreciate those of you that have been rocking with your boy all year long. As always, this is a teaching podcast, so I want you to grab your Bibles and something to write with as I believe I have a word from the Lord for you today. Now, I said at the beginning of the show, we're going to talk about gratitude, and I think gratitude is so misunderstood at many points in our life because it's so easy to murmur and complain, but if you want your life to accelerate. This one word called gratitude, it is my prayer that you would receive it in your heart today and really take off. It's it's a secret ingredient that I believe that many times we don't really understand how God looks at gratitude. I don't care what's going on in your life and there's a lot of things that are going on. If you can wake up every morning and just be grateful for life, I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about a job. I'm not talking about a house and a car. I'm not even talking about your wife or your kids. I'm talking about just being grateful for being alive. Because every day somebody didn't wake up, but you did. And the mere fact that you did should say to you, God has something for you to do, something for you to accomplish, his purposes, his promises. When I wake up every morning, I say, Lord, thank you for one more day because I know it's a day that I'll never see again. See, when this day is gone, you'll never see the same day again. 
The same day doesn't repeat itself twice. If we really can lock in to what God is really trying to do in us and through us, it'll birth this spirit of gratitude. Just, Lord, I thank you. Everything is not right. Everything is not the way I want it to be. There's still some things I wish would be this or that or the other, but I just want to take a pause here and say, God, I thank you. I am so grateful for the fact that you woke me up and you're giving me another chance and another opportunity to make it right. So I'm going to give you a particular text that I'm going to talk about, and I'm not going to speak very long today, but I want to give you this word for the last show of this Monday so you can soak it all in, so you can start your new year off um, really being grateful for what God has done and what he will do. Now, I want to give you three stages of gratitude, and you might want to write these things down and remember them and really meditate on what I'm saying to you today. The first stage is recognition. Recognition is key because many times we just don't see what we should see because we're focusing on the wrong things. I've often said that feelings follow focus. And what you're focusing on will cause you to recognize things that are right and that are wrong. But if you can recognize quickly that God is up to something in your life, especially in the midst of things that are going wrong, I'm telling you, your life is going to go to the next level. Because see, we can recognize when God is doing some good things for us. We got the new house, we got a new car, got a marriage, baby is on the way, promotion, you're on the mountaintop, everything feels good. The sun is out, you know, no problems, no situations. We say God is good. But when things are bad and things are not good, we say, I don't know what God is doing. I don't know what he's up to. We don't have any recognition. We can't recognize that God is good, even though things are bad. God is up to something good in my life, even when I can't see it, when my eyes can't see it, when I can't feel my way. David put it like this. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He had recognition. He recognized that God was with him, not when he was in the mountain, when he was in the valley. And that's what we need to birth this spirit of gratitude. What do you do when things are not the way that you thought that they would be? Do you murmur? Do you complain? Do you blame God? Do you blame others? Or do you see past what you're going through and say, God, I'm grateful because I see what you're up to. I got a bird's eye view. I'm high enough in the spirit that I can see what you're up to and what you're doing. And I can recognize it. I can see it. So the first step is recognizing that God lives inside of me and everything is going to be okay. Now, you may say that's not no great revelation, but I say that it is because you'd be surprised with the people that have no idea where God is when things are going bad. And I'm telling you, God lives inside. And that's what I said when David said, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm not fearing no evil because I know you with me. I know you're inside of me. I know you're not going to leave me. I know you're not going to forsake me. And see, if you start complaining and murmuring and 
fussing and all upset and angry. You don't know that God lives inside. The disciples were going through the same thing. Lord, do you care that we perish? And Jesus is like, do you know I'm on the boat with you? Something as obvious as that we cannot see. But God says, I want to give you the ability to recognize and have some discernment in the time of trouble that I am with you and everything is going to be okay. The next stage is acknowledgement. What does that mean? It means that I've got to know that regardless of what's going on, that I can't do anything in and of myself. I'm acknowledging God. I'm acknowledging the fact daily that I can't do anything without you. Paul put it like this. It is in him we live, we move, and we have our being. Sometimes we get so puffed up that we think we're making something go. Our gift, our talent, you know, we excellent at this You know, we got great skill at that. But I want to know if God removed his hand from your life, how successful would you be? We have to acknowledge the fact that, God, I can't do this without you. I don't even want to go without you. See, when you get at a certain age in your life and you start realizing as you get older that, you know, sometimes your physical abilities are not what they were at 16, but yet, man, you're doing some extraordinary things. That's like we can pay attention and say, I know that it's not because of my youth. I know that God has his hand on my life. And you want to always be in a place where you are acknowledging the fact that, Lord, I see you blessing me. I don't even know how it's happening, but I want you to know that I'm acknowledging I see it. And I'm telling you, thank you for not leaving me nor forsaking me. I'm acknowledging that I can't do it by myself. I need you every step of the way. And when the Lord really hears us saying this to him, but more importantly, when he sees a life that is reflecting reflecting what we're saying, I'm telling you, it's something about when God sees us grateful. See, we got to understand, man, nobody owes us anything. We got this, sometimes we got this mindset and this attitude that we think that people owe us things and all of this stuff. But no, you got to understand, man, that without God, none of this is possible. So always acknowledge him. That's what the scripture says. Acknowledge me in all of your ways and I will direct your path. And the third stage of this is appreciation. I like that. We all like to be appreciated for something that we're doing. Husbands, wives, friends, co-workers, everyone likes to be recognized. We want some recognition. We want some appreciation. We want somebody to see that I stuck with you. You know, we want somebody to see that, you know, without you, I want to stop and say thank you. It's like when Jesus healed the lepers. He was like, wasn't it not 10 that I healed? I mean, the Lord, like, come on, can I get some appreciation around here? I know when y'all came to me, couldn't none of y'all see, but now you can. Never be an ingrate. Always take the time to say thank you. Lord, I thank you for being good to me. Thank you for keeping my family. Thank you that my kids went to school and they came back safe. Thank you that I went to work and I came back okay. People can leave the house and never come back, man. And we take so many things for granted because we don't understand this thing about gratitude. Just being grateful for the little things. See, we need revelation of the little things. Just taking a breath. 
You ought to be grateful for that. See, we're not grateful for it until our uh, airways are restricted. And then we start saying, oh, man, you know, I almost died. You know, it's the little stuff that we don't pay attention to that I want you to begin to pay attention to. Because when you start thanking God for the little stuff, man, the Lord is like you're ready for the big things. Could it be that you have not gotten to the big things because you don't appreciate the small things that God is doing, which, in my opinion, are big things, just like I said. Air is essential to everybody. But as soon as it's taken away, you start to appreciate and thank God that your airways are not restricted. So we've got to have some revelation and some insight and be appreciative. So we got to have recognition. We have to have acknowledgement and we have to have appreciation. May you begin to put this in your heart today and let that propel you into a brand new year. Now, Let me give you Luke chapter 19. If you got your Bibles, I want you to go to Luke chapter 19 because we're going to prove this out in this story with a fella named Zacchaeus. In Luke chapter 19, starting here at verse number one, and we'll conclude at verse number 10. I'm going to do some expository teaching today. But it says here, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. So he wasn't there to stay, but he was passing through. And anytime the Lord is passing through anywhere, when we see in scripture, he's on an assignment. And the Bible says, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief among the publicans, and he was very rich. Meaning that he worked for the Romans, and he was a tax collector, and tax collectors in that day, they had a bad rap because they were extorting people with high taxation, taking more than they should. So they had a bad rap. And to make it worse, this brother was the chief. He was up there. He was the highest of the high. So he was really double dipping, maybe triple dipping anyway. Verse three says, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not for the press because he was little in stature. So we know that he was a tax collector, chief among the publicans. He was rich, but he was small. (laughs) So he was rich and small. You know, you, you hear people say they got that small man's complex. I think Zacchaeus possibly had this going on. But I will say this, he sought to see who Jesus was. So verse four says, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way. Now, in your Bibles, I want you to underscore, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree. Now, he was rich. He was a publican, although he was small, but he has something in his life that you don't see about rich people. He ran and climbed up into a sycamore tree. Now, most rich folk, they're not going to go out of their way and do things because they think they special. They think they somebody. Not, not all rich people, but some rich people who are puffed up and prideful. They like folk to wait on them. If I can't see Jesus, too bad. You know, I'm not about to run. I'm too cool for school. I'm not about to do that. But Zacchaeus had something in his life that possibly was not fitting the bill for him. And because he recognized that Jesus was coming through this particular Jericho, 
I'm sure he said within himself, possibly, this may be my only shot. So I'm not going to relax. I'm going to lay hold of this opportunity. And he ran before. And the Bible said that he climbed up into a sycamore tree. Now, sycamore trees, when they start growing and they get to the height of their growth, 75 to 100 feet. I want you to think about that, 75 to 100 feet. Now, the Bible doesn't say that this sycamore tree was necessarily 75 or 100 feet. But in my study, in my preparation and looking and finding out some things about a sycamore tree, they grow to be that high. So it's possible that this little rich man climbed up into a tree 75 to 100 feet in the air. Who does that? Remember, I said he was rich and rich folk. Sometimes, you know, I'm not about to do that. My posture, my position, who I think I am, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just not about to do that. But that was not in Zacchaeus's heart. He was like, I'm on climb because I want to see Jesus. My riches, who I think I am, is not going to stop me from seeing who Jesus is. Because again, this might be my last chance. And I want you to know today, sometimes we have these little things in our life that hinder us from being grateful. We got these little, the Bible says the small foxes destroy our vine. It's just the little things about who we think we are that we feel like we ain't got to go the extra mile. But the more God gives you, the more grateful you should be, the more you are to operate in humility. So if it takes me climbing up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus at a level that I couldn't see him before because something in my life is missing, then you better get to climbing. Don't let money stop you. Don't let your little position at your job stop. See, these things stop us and we wonder why we can't get anything more from God because he said, you're not the same person you used to be. See, you ought to remember where you were when God found you. You got to remember how down and out you were. The fact that you had one suit to wear, now you got 30. So you cool now. So you ain't got to see God like you did before. No, you need to see God more, not less. You got a couple of cars now, so you think you made it. No, you need to be seeking God more. We lack gratitude. But look at Zacchaeus, man. He said, I'm going to climb up in this tree. At least 75 feet, he was up in the air trying to get a shot at Jesus. Nobody else did that. You had poor folk that was in that audience that day that didn't even do what he did. See, the desperation, when you desperate, money should not be an issue. I don't care how much money I got. I'm desperate. I need to see the Lord. I don't care what my position is. I don't care how many degrees I got. I don't care what side of town I live on. I don't care the fact that I can put my kids in private school. Man, I'm grateful. God was doing something in Zacchaeus's life that propelled this man to climb up into a sycamore tree. Climbed up into a sycamore tree because he saw that Jesus was passing by. And verse number five says this. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him. And he said unto Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must abide at thy house. Look how prophetic this is. This is not by coincidence. Zacchaeus ran before, climbed up in a sycamore tree. And the scripture says, when Jesus got to the place, it's almost like Jesus knew Zacchaeus would be there. When he got to that appointed place, the Bible declared he didn't look forward. 
He didn't look behind. He didn't look on either side because we got to understand people were pressing against Jesus. So it's a normal thing to just be looking around and looking in front of you and looking behind. But that's not what Jesus did. He looked up. Why? I believe somebody, he knew somebody was pulling on his anointing. Somebody was pulling on him with gratitude, saying, Lord, I just want to see you. I don't even know what you're about. I don't even know what you're going to do. I'm not even, Zacchaeus didn't even want Jesus to do anything for him. He just wanted to take a look at Jesus and see what he was about. Catch this, because he was already rich, already living in opulence. His family was already blessed. But even still, there was something in his life that was missing. And the Lord looked up and saw him. Watch this. And called him by name. Stop saying the Lord don't know you. This here suggests to me that I don't know. Jesus didn't see him before, didn't meet him somewhere else. And they was chopping it up at Starbucks. They wasn't saying, hey, I remember you being somewhere I was at. No, God knows us. He knows where you are. He knows your location in life. He knows what's going on in your marriage. He knows what's going on with your children. He knows what's going on inside of you that you can't tell nobody about. But does he know that you're grateful? I would say he does. God knows everything. And so because of this, he calls Zacchaeus by name and he said, make haste. In other words, get down here right now. For today, I must abide at your house. I got to come stay with you. It's something about you, Zacchaeus. Out of all the people in the crowd, I want to come stay with you. Can you imagine, man, how Zacchaeus must have felt? Imagine you being Zacchaeus up in that tree, just trying to get a look at Jesus. Everybody pressing against Jesus and the Lord calling you by name. John, I want to come to your house today. Susie, I want to come to your house today. Bob, I want to come to your house today. Thomas, I want to come to your house today. Can you imagine how Jesus has the ability to recognize when people need a touch from him? And I'm sure Zacchaeus is like, wow, I'm sure he was blown away. So he came down. Jesus called him and said, hey, I want to talk to you. Make haste. And the scripture says in verse six, and he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Verse number seven, and when they saw it, these are the people, these are the haters. These are the people that got no recognition because they really probably were not there to get anything from the Lord. They was just hanging around, just, you know, the paparazzi taking pictures. They all murmured, the scripture said. They didn't have no gratitude. They didn't have no joy. They didn't have any appreciation for Jesus. They had no recognition of who he was, or even if they did, they had no revelation that he's passing through for somebody to touch him. See, many times we get mad at other people because they see something we don't see. And instead of us asking them, how did they know we get mad and we start hating on them? So in every crowd, generally, there is some murmuring in there because they got no revelation. They got no insight. They can't figure it out. Notice what they said, though. And when they saw it, they all murmured. This is amazing. The scripture said they all murmured. So let me correct that. In all the crowds, you got all these people murmuring when they see something they don't like because they're jealous at the fact because of who Zacchaeus was, they could not believe that Jesus knew this dude. 
knew this brother. But see, Jesus knows something about us that people don't know, even when the crowd don't like us. God says, it's something about you. I want to get close to you because I'm getting ready to do something in your life you never thought I could do. That he was going to be the guest with the man that was a sinner. Bingo, there it was. So these people judging. And amazing how people judge. See, the thing about it is we see a pursuit happening in Zacchaeus's life. And the Lord knows he's pursuing. God knows if we're really going after him. We can say it all we want to, but God knows if we really trust in him, really seeking him with all of our heart. He knows that. And so Jesus always rewards those that diligently seek him. Sounds like the word of God. Notice what verse 8 says. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore it to him fourfold. Now watch this. Jesus didn't ask Zacchaeus to do any of this. Jesus didn't ask Zacchaeus to return the money that he stole. Jesus didn't ask him, now, you know, you've been doing wrong. It's time for you to do right now. He didn't do any of that. But I'm going to tell you something. When you meet Jesus and you see the love that he has in his eyes and the care that he has for you, you realize where you are. It's something about when you get close to God, you see who he is and you see who you really are. And that part is where change begins. I've always said this. People need a crash course collision with God. The reason why people don't want the Lord is because they don't see themselves. But when you get close to God, you start to see that you're not who you thought you are. You are not what everybody else has said about you. You don't believe your own hype. And so Zacchaeus, I'm sure, probably believed his own hype. He was rich. He thought some things about himself. But when he stood face to face with the Lord, he was like, man, I got to get it right today. This is powerful, man. The scripture says again in verse eight, and Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, behold, Lord, half of my goods, I'll give it to the poor because of what you're doing in my heart today. Watch this money is not an issue for me now. I'm willing to give to the poor. I'm willing to become a sower. I'm willing to become a giver. I'm willing to do something I've never done before. Nobody in Rome was giving money back. They was taking money from people. Look at what God, look at one encounter with Jesus. And he says, if I've taken anything by false accusation, we know he did. What did he say? I'm going to pray for him. I'm just going to tell him when I see him again, I'm sorry. No. He said, I'm going to restore. See, when you mess up, you got to restore. See, that's gratitude. When you know you've messed up, you got to pick up the phone and say, hey, brother, hey, sister, you know what I did wrong by you? You know, I'm willing to restore our relationship. I'm willing to give and do whatever I need to do because I know I messed up. You just can't say you sorry. Everybody's saying they're sorry. But you got to go the extra mile. When you know you've wronged somebody, you stole something from somebody, you made somebody's life miserable and bad. When you meet Jesus, it's something about... Again, Jesus didn't tell him to do any of this. It's something when you meet the master, you recognize where you've erred. That's why I always say I'm wondering if anybody is really meeting Jesus today 
or are we just, I don't get it. Because if you meet the Lord, you start to repent and you say, God, I messed up. I'm going to make it right. This little rich man is moving in an area of gratitude that many people never get to. This is a powerful verse. And verse number nine says, and Jesus said unto him, notice what he said to him. Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house for as much as he is also a son of Abraham. Really? You mean to tell me that this same Zacchaeus who was rich, who was little in stature, cheap among the publicans, taxing people to death, taking their money. You mean to tell me inside of this little man was the little seed of Abraham? He just needed to meet the Lord for it to manifest and come out. I'm telling you who you are. God says you just need to meet me. And when you meet me, I'm getting ready to pull up out of you what was already there. See, it's already inside of you. It's just covered up in sin. It's covered up in lies, deception. It's covered up in false identity. It's covered up in worldly mess. It's so much in us that's covered up that can never come out. But when you meet Jesus, it all comes out. And everything that he knows you could be, he begins to pull it out of you like whale coming up out of a water. The, the whale of water springing up out of you, flowing into eternal life. And he said, this day, salvation has come to this house. Watch this, which means that there was probably more than just Zacchaeus in the house. If he was married, his wife received Jesus, his children, maybe his brothers or sisters were living with him, other family members living with him. So when God saves a house, he ain't just looking for one person. He's looking for everybody in that house. He wants to save everybody. I don't think we truly understand the power of what's going on here. Because of this man's diligence to want to see Jesus, the Lord now shows up at his house and shakes up everything. Because when the Lord get up in your house, nothing will be the same. If we can get him in the house, everything will turn around for us today, just like it did for Zacchaeus. For as much as he also is, see, whatever he is, he was, and whatever he was, he will be. So the Lord prophesied to him and said, I'm going to tell you who you are. You're not Zacchaeus. You are a son of Abraham. That's who you are. You're just not somebody out here that I don't know. Because if that were the case, I would have never looked up and called you by name. God says, I want to call you by name. Why? Because I'm birthing in you a gratitude, a thanksgiving to me. In verse 10, my last verse, it says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Not found. Jesus knew his mission. May we know our mission today. When we have gratitude in our heart, we know our mission. When we murmur and complain, we don't know our mission. Our mission is locked up in our gratitude. For the Son of Man has come to seek. In other words, Zacchaeus, I was looking for you. Yeah, you wanted to see me, but no, I was seeking you. And to save that which was lost. There's a lot of things in our life today that are lost. We don't know how to recover it. 
We don't know where we lost it. We don't know how to get it back. We're looking, we're finding, trying to find our joy, our peace, our love, our devotion, our compassion, our mercy, our grace, our forgiving people. We trying to find it. We can't locate it. But I'm telling you, this key of gratitude will help you to recover those things in your life that were lost. That's the power of gratitude. May you get this word in your heart today. Listen to this over and over again. And when you wake up every morning, don't wake up with my back hurt, my leg hurt, all this other stuff hurting on me and, and this, that, and the third. No, man, let's put that to rest. Let's wake up with some gratitude and watch what gratitude will do in your day. It'll heal your body. It'll save your mind. It'll stop your anxiety. It'll heal your marriage. It'll heal your finances. Gratitude is a secret weapon, I'm telling you. And when you have it, it cannot be taken away. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you. I know I said I wasn't going to go long today, but man, this thing started flowing up out of me and I just couldn't help myself. But I pray that you were blessed today. And if you were, shoot me an email and let me know. Send it to info at thomasadeloach.com. You can always go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. Put your name in that subscriber box and click the send button on that website there on the homepage and I'll send you a free PDF to encourage you in the things of God. This is what I want to say to you as we close out this year of 2021. I want to grow this channel. And I know through the downloads that I'm seeing that you guys are listening to the show. I want you to help me take these shows that are being a blessing to you and email it to a friend, a family member, a co-worker, a boss. See, when we have gratitude for what we're receiving, we want somebody else to get it. So I want you to help me build this channel so that more people can be empowered the way that you are. So do it today. Whatever platform you're listening to me on, download that podcast and email it to a friend and let them know this is really being a blessing to me and I want it to be a blessing to you. If you can do that for me, we can grow by the tens and even by the hundreds is my prayer. So do it today. You can help me out so much. Listen, I'm praying for you as always, believing God's best for you. Let's start this day with some gratitude and let's end it with some gratitude. And I promise you, your life is going to change change for the better. Until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at thomasadeloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.